This is a true sad story for ADT, the leader in home security systems. My favorite dog, Oliver, was stolen from our garage recently. If I had a camera system installed in my home from ADT, I would have known exactly what car possibly pulled up in my driveway and stole my little friend. If I had a security system from ADT, my dog would still be here. I called ADT this weekend and they're coming out in a few days to install a camera and a new security system. Unfortunately, it's a little too late for me. Listen, protect everyone you love in your family. Call ADT now. Have them come out and give you a quote to install a full security system in your home. Don't let it be too late for you. Call right now. Paid for by the Home Security Hotline. 800-361-3491. That's 800-361-3491. Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on! How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sundays, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern, Saturdays, with Jim Valley, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 Eastern, and it is Thursday here on this show, and we have a lot to get into here today. Do we ever? Did you watch Dynamite last night? I was told there was something on the show that was going to get everybody talking. And I guess it depends on uh, which one you want to talk about. Jeff Jarrett debuted and attacked Darby Allen, hit him with a guitar, and apparently he's now a regular on the show. Jeff Jarrett, here in 2022. After not having been on Dynamite for months and months and months and months, the entire crux of the issue with Hangman Page and CM Punk that led to the brawl after All Out, which led to suspensions and us likely never seeing CM Punk again, Colt Cabana returned to AEW Dynamite last night for a match with Chris Jericho. And quite frankly, of all of the things, they were all... all, uh, They were all big in different ways, but when they did a match for the All-Atlantic title and the winner was going to get a contract to have the dream match of their lifetime on Rampage this coming Friday, and Orange Cassidy won, and then Katsuyori Shibata came down to the ring and signed the contract. Meaning that Shabbat is going to have his first actual match since that match with Okada where they did the clunking headbutt and he almost died. He legitimately almost died. His first match is Friday on Rampage against Orange Cassidy for the All-Atlantic Championship. None of you are winning the prediction contest this year. Back in a moment with more Observer Live. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. 
Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, billing, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com slash go to learn more. Do you want to know the secret to putting extra money back in your pocket? Then switch your car insurance. And now you can make one phone call and shop dozens of insurance companies. Just like buying airline tickets, where it's easy to make one call that has all the best deals. We have great deals with most of the major top-rated insurance companies. We are your superstore for car insurance. We've switched people from their expensive car insurance plans and saved them hundreds of dollars a year. If you think you're paying too much for your car insurance, call now. It's easy to switch, and in five minutes, yes, just five minutes, you'll learn how much money you can save on your car insurance. Save yourself some money this year. Call now for your car insurance. Call e-insurance now for your free car insurance quote. 800-298-9093. That's 800-298-9093. Has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? Quick Cash Offer can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents and risking your safety by showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your home to foreclosure. If you have any equity in your home, we will buy it and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call Quick Cash Offer now before the economy gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today. 800-788-1495 That's 800-788-1495 Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the Rip Grip Pro. Co-created by Dodgers AAA star Drew Avins, the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm up, palm down, and pull the barrel of the bat through the zone instead of pushing it. Check out Drew's videos at ripgrippro.com and you'll see how this can help you or the baseball player in your family improve your ABs. Get the adjustability in your swing that you need. Go to ripgrippro.com. That's ripgrippro.com. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. I don't even know where to begin, but uh, I guess we'll talk about Shibata. So it was April 9, 2017. 18, 19, 20, 21, five years ago. God, has that been that long? My God. My child was one when this happened. Anyway, it's five years ago. It was uh, Shibata versus Okada, Sakura Genesis 2017. And they did that stupid clunking headbutt spot. And uh, 
and Shibata got clunked. And it was just like just a little tiny trickle of blood that came down right here. And he finished the match and immediately collapsed backstage. And long story short, he pretty much almost died. They did not remove his brain, but they did have to drill a hole in his head to drain everything out of his head, which is uh, pretty serious. So that was the end of his career, or so we thought. So, in fact, there were, you know, I said he hadn't had a real match since then. And it, it's kind of, he had one UWF rules match with Zack Sabre Jr., which was basically an exhibition, lots of grappling. And then, and then, at the Tokyo Dome this year, he was supposed to have, he was supposed to have an exhibition match with Ren Narita. And the agreement was that they were going to go in there and just, you know, roll around, whatever. You know, oh, yay, great, Shabbat is back. And uh, Shabbat decided, well, I'm good. And so it was live. Nothing you can do about it. And this bloke went in there and they did a full-on match. And I heard very shortly afterwards that he wasn't supposed to do that. And so then everyone was like, well, you know, he'll, you know, he seemed fine. We'll be seeing him again quite frequently. He looked great. Well, we never saw him again. I think that uh, New Japan saw him do that and we're like, hey, get in the ring, brother. We can't trust you now. So one way or the other, he hasn't, he hasn't wrestled since. So yesterday on uh, Dynamite, they do that three-way and the, the winner... The winner, it says, gets a contract to face their dream opponent on Rampage's Friday. So I'm thinking, well, I presume that uh, Orange Cassidy's going to win. So, like, I wonder who his dream opponent... Who's Orange Cassidy's dream opponent? I mean, besides me, of course. So uh, he wins, and then they do the big beatdown with the heels afterwards, and all of a sudden, Shibata's music hits. And I had heard, actually from Mike, he sent a text message in a text chain, I had heard that Shibata was on the show. But, you know, if you watch Dynamite, like, blokes show up all the time for one reason or the other. So I thought, you know, he's around. And, uh, you know, they're going to do some angle here and whatever. So this dude comes out, and they clear the ring. And then Shibata, like, points at the contract. And, like, my brain, my brain was like, what? And then he starts signing it, and I went, what? So, on Rampage Friday... Shibata is facing Orange Cassidy for the AEW All-Atlantic title. Now, I got to say very quickly that when this happened, my first thought was, number one, A, what's going on here? Like he's wrestling again? And then not only is he wrestling again, not in an exhibition, but like in a full-on match, he's doing it on Rampage on Friday. New Japan gave the okay for this, obviously. And then my first thought was, so he's going to come back for his first real match in five years against Orange Cassidy on Rampage on Friday night in, I don't even know where it was, but Dave was ridiculing wherever it was. Atlantic City, Atlantic maybe? Atlantic City. Atlantic City. And the title's on the line. So then I, my first thought is, and he's going to do a job? And then I thought about it, and apparently he wants two matches. He wants a match with Orange Cassidy, and he wants a match with Brian Danielson. So I guess it's possible that Shabbat is going to beat Orange Cassidy, win the All-Atlantic title, 
And then they'll do Shibata and Brian Danielson for the All-Atlantic title at the pay-per-view in a few weeks. So anyway, the first thing on my Twitter I saw was it's like a fever dream. And, man, it's weirder than a fever. I mean, I've had some fever dreams. Nothing that weird, dude. I was just baffled when this was over. That's your cue, brother. What do you want me to say? You have nothing to say about Shibata coming back to face Orange Cassidy on Friday in Atlantic City for the All-Atlantic title? I'm still a little bit speechless from last night overseeing it. You know, it just blew me away to see the music hits. He comes out there, and I guess when that man put on Orange's glasses at Forbidden Door and he had them on his head, boy, that should have been the sign. You know, I I don't even know what to say. The match... Look, Brian Danielson is tied up right now with the Blackpool Combat Club and going after uh, the, the firm and, and also being tied in with uh, Chris Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society. So I don't know if we get that match at the pay-per-view. Maybe we get it at, I don't know, the Tokyo Dome. That would be a great place that match, whether the All-Atlantic Championship is on the line or not. I can see them getting out of that match as far as the title goes by having some sort of non-finish. As long as Shibata is standing strong at the end, maybe him and Orange Cassidy both standing strong at the end, uh, you know, over whoever jumps in and causes the, the, the match to get thrown out. You know, I think people will be happy. I don't think we're going to see a title change because... Again, I unless you're really ready to shift this belt over immediately to a Brian Danielson, it doesn't make any sense for Shibata to have it. But what does make a lot of sense is for a guy with a condition like he has, fracturing his skull, and frankly, I guess for a lot of doctors, he shouldn't even be in the ring, although obviously he's been cleared by somebody to get in there. I mean, can you think of a safer guy to work with than Orange Cassidy? People can demean the character and the style that he works in the ring. But as far as, and Brian, you're a much better person to talk about this than I am, but working against Orange Cassidy, you seem to be able to get the most out of a match. I'm not saying by putting in the least amount of work, but as far as physical bumps go, you can get a lot more out of Orange Cassidy and not have to take those bumps than you could out of somebody else. I mean, I... Well, I'm not concerned about Orange Cassidy, to be honest with you, but that uh, that Brian Danielson doesn't go uh, anything less than 100% at all times. So there is that. Well, with Danielson and Shibata both. I mean, it's both a scary situation. And look, I... To me, it's the safest match you can have with somebody like an Orange Cassidy. One thing that I've wanted AEW to have, one thing that I think is very important is there needs to be some drama there needs to be some danger there needs to be some unpredictability to their shows especially on rampage and they did it look there was a lot of unpredictability last night there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened a lot of unexpected stuff i think some of it hit some of it missed but they do actually have to make the show somewhat dangerous and somewhat, you know, kind of shocking throughout. So people actually stick around. One of the biggest parts that AEW has going against it right now is after those first two segments, the show usually, I'm not saying falls off a cliff, but it falls dramatically. There well, it usually no- falls dramatically because there's a giant lead in and all those people stop watching. Like when there's not a giant lead in, it's actually very steady usually throughout the show. But when there's know. a big lead-in, yeah, they get a lot of viewers at the very beginning, and they all turn off. But what's the big lead-in? What, what is I don't the big know. lead-in? I don't watch it. 
but it's happened but, a few but times. That, but that's the whole thing is there is no dramatic lead into that show. There is no NFL goes off the air and then SmackDown got a massive bump out of Big it. Big Bang you know? Theory. After those, but I'm talking about Which actually about after, does very well. But after the first two quarters, you're telling me people tune in and then every single week they just immediately drop. The problem well, is yeah, not when there's keeping... the Big Bang Theory they do. When there's no Big Bang Theory big lead and they actually don't. They stay steady. I... Okay, I'll look at those numbers tonight, actually, and have a little bit more on that. Because, again, on both of these, on both Rampage and Dynamite, they have trouble keeping interest throughout the show. So you have to do things throughout to keep people, try to get them interested in it and try to keep them, you know, motivated to watch. I'm surprised they didn't do more with MJF last night. In fact, they did nothing with MJF. They didn't follow up on that at all. And I think mjf moxley there's a handful of guys you can put throughout the show and sprinkle them throughout the show and try to keep drama going so you can keep people's eyes throughout all right back in a moment observer live Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a hundred years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. Are you 60-plus and love to travel? Introducing the Senior Travel Discount Network, brought to you by Low-Cost Airlines. Call us anytime, day or night, and save up to 75% on your airline and hotel reservations. We can help you save a ton of money to fly almost anywhere. We have inside discounts on over 500 airlines and 500,000 hotels worldwide. And when you call and mention the discount code 60PLUS, we'll give you an extra free night with your qualified air and hotel reservation. Now you can get the best prices on air and hotel reservations with your phone. We make it easy and fast for you to save money and book a trip. Remember, call the Senior Travel Discount Network. Mention the discount code 60 plus for your free hotel night with your qualified reservation. Call now. 800-493-6118. 800-493-6118. That's 800-493-6118. Do you have an invention idea but don't know what to do next? Call InventHelp now for free information on how to get started today. InventHelp provides invention services that help everyday inventors get started with their idea. We have representatives nationwide who will explain the InventHelp process step by step. Over 10,000 patents have been secured through InventHelp's patent referral services. Our services include professional materials needed to showcase your invention and 3D animation and prototype modeling that help you demonstrate your idea. Get down to the details of your idea with a technical drawing. 
The InventHelp databank includes thousands of companies who have agreed to review new ideas. We've been helping inventors since 1984. Let's help you next. Take advantage of the opportunity to get started today. Call 1-800-356-7308. That's 1-800-356-7308. Again, 1-800-356-7308. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. So a few people said, oh, can't beat Orange Cassidy yet too early. Well, first off, yes, you can. It's fake. And in fact, you could very easily have Orange Cassidy lose that title to Shibata. Shibata loses the title to Danielson. And then Danielson faces Orange Cassidy at some point. They have basically the best match of Orange Cassidy's life, and he wins the title, which would probably be the biggest win of his life. And also, I've, uh, I believe that they have 85 titles, dude. They got way too many belts. So, to me, if you got a couple of belts that rarely change hands and they have a lot of importance to them, your world title, maybe your tag titles, whatever, and then you got that belt that you know, every few weeks, title changes hands. Give, give, the, give the people something exciting when they turn on that television. Just like on Monday when the, uh, you know, the Raw women's titles changed. You know, they, they, those belts change fairly frequently, which I like because the rest of these belts, Manny Rose champion for a year, the Usos champions for two years, Roman Reigns champion for three years, whatever these numbers are. It's like, bro, give me a title change. So if you're going to have some belts that change... Somewhat frequently, I am fine with that. Now, the other two big surprises were Jeff Jarrett. And uh, Jeff Jarrett, I was uh, hmm, not, uh, not a big fan of that one. But here's the deal. Jeff Jarrett's got another uh, job that he's doing for, for AEW. I forget the actual. I'll find it here. Jeff Jarrett is the... Director of Business Development. He is looking forward to expanding the company's live event calendar next year and in future years. He'll be working with uh, Chris Harrington, Mukigana, Raphael, Morphy, and others. This has not been said, and I prefer if people didn't report that I said this, because it's not news, but it's what I think based on what I've read here. I think they're looking at running house shows next year. And I think that that is going to be part of his job. If Jeff Jarrett is a TV character and he's in the main events and all this stuff, the impact, what he did in TNA, I don't want to see it in 2022. If he's going to do something for a few weeks, kind of be the centerpiece of something for a few weeks, and then after that he's essentially in the Tully spot, you see him here and there, he cuts a promo here and there, he's just another guy on television, but he's got a real job that he does, other, I'm fine. That's fine. Okay, they kind of did it with um, what's her name that they hired to do uh, the training? Do we see Wendy her every now Chu? and then? Get out of here. Um, what's her face? Serena. No, I'm sorry, Madison Rain. Madison Rain. They hired Madison Rain largely to be a trainer, and when she first got hired for like three straight weeks, she was on television, and then she wasn't anymore. And I think we saw her on Friday. But it's like we don't see her all the time. She's not a centerpiece of the promotion. It's like every now and then they're going to need a woman to put somebody over. But mainly she's got another job. So I think that's what they're doing with Jarrett. 
And I would be fine if that's the case. If he's going to be running an impact invasion or something like that, and we've got another group coming in, and uh, I don't want it. But that's just me. What'd you think about them starting the show with that as opposed to maybe Moxley and Moriarty starting with the Moxley's promo and then going into that match? Instead, they start with Allen and Lethal with Sanjay and, and Satnam Singh at ringside. Then you go ahead and you introduce two dimes and then it's Jeff Jarrett. I don't, I don't know if I love the way they started that show, you know, uh, with all of that stuff. I'm not sure if that. Uh, we'll see, you know, how the ratings are, and we'll see what the reaction is. Uh, Jeff Jarrett I like a lot. I've always liked Jeff Jarrett. He is unsinkable in this business. He is always going to find a way to survive, and uh, that's a position that they need. They are going to start running house shows next year. You're going to have to at some point, and that's one of the jobs he was planning on doing, or at least for a very short period of time he did with WWE. He is great in the live events field. He comes from that family of promoters, and it's something that he is incredibly familiar with. So him being a part of the company, it to me, that's a great feather in their hat. I think he can provide a lot of good for them. Did he have to start as an on-air character? I don't know. Will I be happy with a Sting Jeff Jarrett match even in 2022? Yeah, actually, yeah, I'd I be will fine be. with that match. Absolutely. But did he? Did you have to start the show with it? Is it was it the right thing to do? I, I guess we'll see. You know how all that shakes out again when it comes to the ratings and it comes to reaction. But it is. It was a little bit of a dicey prop for me. Again, I know Jeff Jarrett's a very polarizing person, and him being there, I'm, I'm sure, got a lot of attention last night with everything else. And then the other one was Colt Cabana. And uh, yesterday I said on the show that I heard from several people that they were going to do something on Dynamite that was going to have everybody talking. And I'm pretty sure that it was a reference to Colt Cabana being Chris Jericho's opponent. And didn't actually see too many people really talking about it except in the company they were all talking about it and all i know is this all i know is this cm punk got hired cole cabana had been a regular cm punk was there for a little while and then cole cabana vanished and then i don't know whatever march april or whatever the uh the rumors started to come out that cm punk had gotten cole cabana fired and it was never it was never addressed. I mean, there were rumors out there, but nobody ever said anything about it. And uh, and then CM Punk ended up going on the uh, All Out press conference, and that was the crux. Actually, it was long before that. It was a Hangman promo when Hangman made a comment about you know whatever he said, like you know you you act like a nice guy on screen, but you're definitely not in the back. And that, of course, was a reference to these these Colt Cabana rumors. And this made CM Punk very angry. And CM Punk did tell people within the company that he was not responsible. And he insists that he was not responsible. And for whatever it's worth, virtually everybody in the company believes that he was, in fact, responsible. But that was the that was the crux of everything. That's a, that was he he stewed on that for months when he was hurt. And then he has his first uh, big pay-per-view match back. He goes to that press conference, and he just unleashed all about Colt Cabana. And this led to the big fight. This led to the suspensions, and this led to what happened yesterday. Well, what happened yesterday? 
Well, what happened was the uh, investigation wrapped up. The Young Bucks are back, and Kenny Omega is back, and Cole Cabana's best friend was fired, and Cole Cabana is now back on Dynamite. And I don't know. I do not know if CM Punk got Cole Cabana fired or not. But what I do know is if you follow this story and you watched the show last night, your presumption would be that he got him fired. Because now he's gone, and the first thing that happens is Colt Cabana comes back, and he is wrestling on Dynamite. And certainly there were people that work for AEW that believe that that's exactly what happened last night. That was uh, that was the indication that, in fact, CM Punk had gotten him removed from Dynamite. But at the end of the day, the way it was described to me was it was actually a show of solidarity to get Colt Cabana on the show, give him a big match, uh, get him out there in front of the fans, ROH championship match. But uh, I don't know I don't know how often. He's under a Ring of Honor contract right now, so I don't know how often he'll be on Dynamite, but he is no longer not on Dynamite. So that's the story. Well, you can't say that nobody talked about it. Tony Khan talked about it. Tony Khan was responding to people speaking about CM Punk being blamed for removing... Cole Cabana or getting him fired or whatever it was. And he's the one who said that it didn't have anything to do with Colt or with CM Punk. I mean, he said that publicly. He said it in the media that he, that they, all these ROH contracts were coming due and he gave him a similar contract to do different work and that he didn't think that that was fair to Punk. That's what Tony Khan said about that. And that was, that may have been in the week that led up to All Out. So it probably did get forgotten about with everything else that ended up happening that weekend. But that's what he had claimed. And there were people, you know, who were more partial to Punk's side that could not figure out since not only Tony Khan said that, but because he had, I guess, apparently said it in passing or at least in, in, in privacy that that was not the case. And there were people then that were wondering, then what's the issue then? Because Cabana was not on AEW's main TV, and Punk did sign there, what was it, October uh, two years ago, I, I believe it was, and Punk wasn't, you were in, Cabana wasn't used all that much, so Tony Khan did talk about this, and he said that Punk didn't have anything to do with it, whether he was trying to protect Punk at the time, whether he was just outright lying, whatever the reason was, he did actually address this and say that it wasn't Punk's issue, so... By bringing him back last night, I mean, yeah, they are certainly framing it in, in a completely different way. Trent came out, tweeted about it, said in all caps that it was for the boys, and obviously it was a show of solidarity, but there's obviously some chasm in what the truth is when it comes to what was actually going on and, and what the deal was with Cole Cabana, because now we're hearing two completely different things. Very quickly, the WWE had their earnings report, and uh, they made money hand over fist, as I predicted yesterday. $305 million in quarter three revenue, up 19% year over year. They just keep making more and more money on TV because their uh, television deals escalate as they move on. And, uh, yeah, they're making bank. So anyway, that's the report. Back in a moment, Observer Live.
If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. 800-725-1651. 800-725-1651. That's 800-725-1651. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Everyone watches more than five hours of television. Really? And that's not counting mobile viewing. Get Dish TV and make that time worth it. With Dish, you can get hundreds of channels, access to all kinds of sports, tons of movies, premium channels, and more. Another thing that's really cool with Dish is you can watch most of your favorite shows on your mobile device anywhere for a lot less than cable. Yes, that's right. We are asking you to watch more TV and not less TV, but make it better television with Dish this time, anytime, anywhere. So call right now and learn how easy it is to save on your television bill and get the most out of your TV viewing experience. Dial that number and I promise you we're here waiting for your call because we want to save you money and give you better television. We are Dish TV. 800-293-0328-800-293-0328-800-293-0328. That's 800-293-0328. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-943-2153-800-943-2153-800-943-2153. That's 800-943-2153. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. I should note before I get into the Dynamite report here that last night, I always watch uh, a little bit on delay. I don't like commercials. I don't know if you know that or not. But I I went to watch it, and uh, it wasn't there. Uh, That's weird. My uh, YouTube TV has never not recorded a show. I think there was one issue with a Dynamite, or it was a SmackDown. Uh, There was one issue with a SmackDown recently. But uh, absolutely no Dynamite. The only Dynamite they had up was last week. And what the heck's going on here? And there was no recording. There was no video on demand. 
So I have Sling as a backup, and I went to Sling and nothing. And I'm like, what is going on here? And then, thankfully, I went on. Actually, first I went to the YouTube uh, live chat. They had a human, an actual human, was talking to me on this chat. And they were trying to figure out, like, where this thing was. And uh, then I went to the real uh, help system, which is my Twitter. And uh, very shortly thereafter, I got the uh, I got the answer. And that is that you had to go to AW Dynamite. You had to go to, they have an option for seasons and extras, but you have to dig deep to find seasons and extras. And then you had to go into extras. And for some reason, the recording was in extras. Okay? Now, if I had not gone on Twitter and asked and had a million people that were able to answer for me, I would not have watched Dynamite last night. And if you check out my timeline, you know, there were so many people that had issues with Dynamite last night. So, the reality is Dynamite's going to do a poor number. But I don't think it's because of any of this. It's because of the World Series. But, um, you know, some people say that nobody watches TV anymore. They only stream. Well, if the show does 100,000 viewers, you're right. If it doesn't, you're wrong. That's what I concluded out of all of this. But if you're one of the people that can't find it, extras. For some reason, it's there. Well, we had a very big show. Jay Lethal beat Darby Allen. When uh, this whole thing was just uh, was crazy. So uh, Darby goes for his cannonball. He hits Sodnam Singh. Sodnam Singh is unmoving. He's like a wall. Darby falls on the ground. The referee yells at Dudden Singh. He's kicking them out. As he's kicking them out, some dude in a sting coat hits Darby with a bat, throws him in the ring, and Darby gets hit with a lethal injection and pinned. The masked guy gets in the ring. This bro takes off his mask, and it is deathly silent. Deathly silent in that building. It's Two Dimes, or whatever his actual name is. And Cole Carter. It's Cole Carter. And they beat down Sting, and then, or they beat down Darby, and then Sting's music hits, and everyone's distracted. And then Jeff Jarrett gets in the ring, and he lays out Darby with a guitar. The Darby or the guitar bust Darby open. He's laying in a pool of blood under his head. Looked horrible, but he has to just lay there in a pool of his own blood while Jared does a promo, threatening to take over AEW. No, Mike, I would not have started with this. You sure? You, I'm not even sure where I would have put this on the show. I uh, might have put it on dark. That was not, or, uh, or maybe not, maybe not done it at all. Possibly, maybe as well too. Yeah. You know, especially when you're building this thing up. What did he say? It was uh, the rabid, delusional AEW fan base. They make the choice to always bring up outside things, and in some cases, like when it comes to your partnerships with New Japan or AAA or something like that, that's a good thing to acknowledge the outside world around you. When it comes to WWE and assaulting your own fans and doing that outsider thing, they have so many groups doing that. They have had so many people that have done that. It's too much. And frankly, when you have MJF, the top guy in your company, for all intents and purposes, and he's doing that, like, that's enough. You know, stop going after your own fans. Stop having the heels of the outsiders coming in and saying that your fans stink and all that stuff. I mean, the tribalism that some people there will complain about, which absolutely exists, all you do is stoking it by doing this because, again, 
this probably, you could argue, shouldn't have been on the show at all, let alone in the very first segment, and that's how you set the tone. We had John Moxley beating Lee Moriarty. This this uh, show did not do a big crowd. I think there were like 2,500 or 3,000 people there. It was small. It was a pretty small crowd. And uh, nobody believed that Lee Moriarty could even beat John Moxley in a title eliminator. But with that said, they had a very good match. And John Moxley gave him a ton. Lee Moriarty looked good. Of course, Lee Moriarty ended up getting submitted with the cross arm breaker. And then Ethan Page hit the ring, and uh, he vowed to win the title eliminator tournament, which is uh, culminating at full gear. Dave was very negative on Ethan Page winning this tournament, but to me, it's a title shot at Winner is Coming. It's not a pay-per-view. It's a TV show. We just had Lee Moriarty on a TV show going against John Moxley, and Ethan Page is a good talker. He's got size. You do want to try to always be giving people chances, try to create new stars. So I'm fine with him getting this shot. Renee was supposed to interview Saray and Britt Baker, but Britt didn't show up. And Saray was asked if you're cleared, and she says, I'm going to address that next week. I have got one doctor left to consult with. And I think we know who that doctor is. We had the daddy-ass birthday bash. He's got both of his hands. Both of his hands are in a cast. And so uh, it's clever because the reason both of his hands are in a cast is because they're trying to sell uh, foam scissor fingers. And so they put those on his hands, and he scissored everybody, and they gave him a trophy, and they they were going to have him sign a certificate to officially adopt him. And then the gun club comes out, and W. Morrissey lays out Billy Gunn, the firm puts the beat down on him, and then FTR hits the ring to make the save, and we got a eight-person tag I'll be talking about a little bit later. Shivani interviews Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. They challenge any two wrestlers to a tag match on Rampage, and I think it ended up being Sky Blue and somebody. Madison Rain. Madison, Madison Rain again, man. Maybe I spoke too soon. Chris Jericho versus Colt Cabana. So Colt Cabana... Practically in tears coming out. No comedy, because the storyline is that Jericho is disrespecting Ring of Honor, which Colt had worked for starting in 2002. And so he just comes out fighting. And there was a very scary spot where they're both on the top rope, and they slipped and fell down off the top rope to the ground. I thought they were going to just kill each other. And then they got back into it, and uh, Jericho uh, ended up hitting a code breaker off a charge and getting the pin. And then they go to beat up poor smiley Ian Riccoboni again. But the Blackpool Combat Club make the save. We have a wild brawl. I don't know when they, uh, I mean, I guess they're not like WWE where they don't have to do war games at any particular time. But it does seem like we're setting something up here with all of these these different teams. We had uh, Orange Cassidy, as noted, beat Luchasaurus and Ray Phoenix. Uh, Luchasaurus uh, ended up on the ramp, and Jungle Boy came out, and he did the the fastest sprinting spear off the uh, ramp through a table on the floor. It looked absolutely awesome. They had about 70 replays of it. And then Luchasaurus is out, and uh, he's got a bad shoulder, by the way. Uh, it, it's not just all selling. Apparently, he 
that match where he injured his shoulder and had to he was going for the choke slam but then had to use his other hand. He actually injured his shoulder. So he's been working with an injured shoulder for a while. But they took him out of the match and then Ray Phoenix does it's not like some springboard or something, and he got punched out of midair and pinned. It was an awesome finish. And then that's when they set up Katsuyori Shibata versus Orange Cassidy for the title coming up on Friday. We had a segment backstage with Tony and Swerve and Rick Ross. Bro, throw some money to old Rick Ross. Somebody. Holy smokes, this guy was great. What a talker. So anyway, they're doing uh, the Gun Club and Swerve in Our Glory versus FTR and the Acclaimed. And Keith Lee is not down with any of this. So he says. Jade Cargill beat Marina Shafir. This segment sucked. The match is not very good. And then on top of that, Vicky and Nyla come out. They're doing commentary over a house mic. So now we have six people doing commentary by my count. I could be wrong. And uh, Cargill still doesn't have her belt back. Remember that sit-down strike? Still no belt. And uh, Nyla, uh, well, first um, uh, first Jade wins. And then uh, Kira Hogan tries to steal the belt from Nyla, but Nyla flees. Bro, we got to get this over with. This is not working for me at all. House of Black promo. So I did not see Buddy Matthews, but I was told that he was there. So apparently all of the House of Black is going to be returning. Malachi, Brody, Julia Hart, and uh, and Buddy. And they did the video to uh, set up their return. Well, they didn't show any distinct features of Buddy. It showed, you know, Julia putting a branch on the forehead of Aleister Black and then putting something on Brody King. And you see a hand which, you know, you're seeing the other two guys, you're probably assuming that it's Buddy, and maybe it will be, but I don't know if he was necessarily there that day for the filming of that, but I thought that was a pretty cool vignette. And I know there was a little bit of banter I saw back and forth online last night, whether that was too WWE-like or too dramatic or any of that sort of stuff. I thought it was great. And the bottom line is it will be just fine if you do something with this group and you actually get some mileage out of them, and they make an impact when they come back. If they're just back, and they become just another group, they just happen to float around as they were on the on the roster like they were doing before, then that vignette really doesn't mean anything, and it was a waste of time. Everybody says that uh, Buddy was absolutely there. Apparently he was in the water. You could there see you Buddy. The main event was uh, Brian Cage and Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor television title. My kind of match. They did. It was like a mean guy match where Brian Cage also got to do all of his his high flying. And like this guy does high flying. But then he also lifted up Samoa Joe, flipped him over and dropped him on his face. The announcers were like, I don't think I've seen anyone ever do that Samoa Joe. I'm pretty sure I never saw anybody do that Samoa Joe. So they did all sorts of cool stuff. And then. Finally, uh, Joe goes for the choke. Cage tries to escape. Joe switches arms, chokes him out anyway. And then Gates of Agony make the save. Wardlow runs out to make the save. And then Powerhouse Hobbs sneaks in and lays him out with that spine buster. And you know, when uh, Wardlow won that title, and they started doing that stuff with, uh, with Starks and Hobbs, I was like, you know, I would not be averse to Hobbs being the guy that beats Wardlow for that title. 
And man, I said it last night, I was met with resistance from Dave, probably many others as well. But what what's Wardlow doing right now? I mean, not a lot. I mean, doesn't have to be Friday he beats him. But I would have no problem with powerhouse Hobbs ending the reign of Wardlow for the time being. But I guess we'll see. Friday, Orange Cassidy versus Shibata, Britt Baker and Jamie versus Sky Blue and Madison Rain. More names for the title eliminator tournament. And Mike Tyson does commentary for Orange Cassidy and Katsuyori Shibata. I've never been so excited for a rampage. And then FTR and the Acclaim versus Swerve and Our Glory in the Gun Club coming up next week. Back in a moment. Observer Live. Who you suckers think you're tripping with? Yes, I'm the boss. 745, white on white, that's Rick Ross. I keep them wide, I keep them long, I keep them fat. I keep them coming back. We keep them coming back. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-913-9739. 800-913-9739. That's 800-913-9739. How would you like to publish and sell your own audiobook? Great stories deserve great storytelling. Audiobook Network provides professional voice actors and full production services for every author's manuscript. You'll choose from one of our many voice actors. Bring your story to life with audiobooks. Consumers are mobile these days, and having an audiobook helps authors reach a larger customer base, which increases book sales. From narration, production, and editing to distribution, promotion, and sales, Audiobook Network does it all for you. We hold your hand throughout the entire production process. We'll create an audiobook that you can be proud of. It doesn't cost or take as much time as you may think. In fact, for us, it's pretty easy. It's what we do. If you've got a published print book, ebook, or even a manuscript, give Audiobook Network a call right now and get our free audiobook guide. 800-514-0521. 800-514-0521. That's 800-514-0521. If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. 
So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the Legal Helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-4086-800-918-4086-800-918-4086. That's 800-918-4086. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. No, I'm going to ignore that one. But you know what I want to say is that uh, I'm still not sure about this Jeff Jarrett thing, but I will say this. When Jeff Jarrett, before he was released from WWE, he was essentially doing something similar to the job that he got hired uh, by AEW for, which was he was working in the live event department, touring, et cetera, et cetera. And granted, it's not really a fair comparison because we went from a pandemic where there were no house shows to all of a sudden they started running house shows again. And, you know, their house shows are down uh, this year. But that's also not a fair comparison because, dude, as soon as people can start going to house shows, their house show business exploded. People could not wait to go to a show again. And so, you know, I can't really say that, well, you know, their house show numbers being down year over year is a disaster. I mean, it kind of was an aberration last year. And uh, so when I say that, I, I don't know how much credit I can actually give Jeff Jarrett. But when Jeff Jarrett was doing the job, their house show business was doing very well. So, you know, to the point where when he was fired, it was like, huh. Wow. That was weird. Well, he resigned. He didn't get fired, I don't believe. He was no, I think he, he was resigned. released. I think he was released. Is that wrong? I think that's wrong. But all that stuff was going around around the same time that he was going to do the GCW thing and, and all that that weekend, too. Uh, God, what was that weekend? The Flair stuff? Um, was that July? What was the WWE pay-per-view in Nashville when all that stuff was going on on Flair weekend? Because it was around that time. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he parted ways with the company. Yeah. That doesn't tell me much. Bodie Hayward choice, parted ways with the company. Yeah, but that wasn't his choice. <laughs> I think it was Jeff's. Jarrett reportedly released by WWE. Ah, we'll find out tomorrow, everybody. I'll find out and tell you tomorrow. Got it? Don't let me forget. Wrestling Observer Live. <laughs> 